You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville Audio Podcast. We have been uh, talking about happiness. We've been talking about some laws of happiness, some things about happiness that we discover for ourselves, for our family maybe, uh, some things that might have uh, touched our heart a little bit, stepped on our toes some. Uh, There's been some things that I've even had to, as preaching these messages, go through and say, hey, what? do a reality check. You know, because when you come in on Sunday morning and you prepare for these messages, you have to apply them. Otherwise, they're really not that effective, I believe. And so in your life as well, when we get those notes that you have and you see in the bulletin today, take them with you. Uh, Continue the happiness on. Don't let it just stop with a series. Continue your hearts to be happy. But we've talked about how to be happy no matter what circumstance you face in life. Uh, No matter what comes your way, you can be happy. Even though sometimes life is difficult, life can prove to throw us things like sickness and disease and and house problems and all kinds of things with our family and and different things. We can find a way, God's Word says in Philippians, to be happy. Uh, we, We talked about reducing conflict. Uh, with our people we know, with our relationships, in order to be happy. We also talked about exercising our heart, not just exercising our physical bodies, but exercising our heart to be happy as well. And then we also, last week, discussed some daily habits that we need to keep in our heart uh, in order to, to stay in happiness and perspective. So in thinking of all these things, I found a couple of interviews online that I'd like to just briefly read to you. They're about people who are asked questions about happiness and here are just a few responses the first one says this money can't buy happiness but it sure can rent it (laughs) money can't buy happiness but it can rent it this one says my wife and I were happy for 20 years then we met (laughs) some people cause happiness wherever they go others whenever they go Let you get that one for a second. Some people cause happiness when they go somewhere and other people cause happiness when they leave. Amen. (laughs) This one was just funny because it says there's nothing like the joy on a kid's face when he first sees the PlayStation box containing these socks I got him for Christmas. (laughs) True happiness. This one says the only thing more important than your happiness is mine, so get on it. And then the last one's a little more serious. It says this, The secret to happiness is not to do what makes you happy. It's to be happy what you're already doing. And we can apply that today with our own life. And in Philippians chapter 4, if you'd like to turn there, that's where we'll be reading today. We've talked about the Apostle Paul and how much he was locked in prison, bound in chains, had a royal guard watching him 24-7, no privacy, no real blessing of life. Yet he writes the book of Philippians, and in most of the book remains optimistic and remains positive and also gives a great message about spreading the good news of Christ, how we should do that with our heart. If you look in your notes today, uh, there's a, a, a quote here that says this, Happiness does not find us. We have to discover happiness. Therefore, there are actions we can take to generate happiness in our lives. Jim Rome says this, Happiness is not something you postpone for the future. It's something you design for the present. There's a lot of situations in our life that we can't uh, prevent. We can't know what's going to happen to us. But God knows. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He knows exactly what we're going through. 
Uh, would you agree, though, that we can spend a whole lot of time in our lives looking towards the future instead of spending time worrying about the right here and now? I have noticed in my own life that's something with me. That I um, We even talked about this, I think, probably eight months ago uh, in one of those series for planning, that we're talking about going to the future and forgetting what we're in right now. Uh, sure, I would say we all have dreams. We have aspirations. We have plans for our children. We have hopes for our family. We have hopes for our career. Uh, but also in the midst of that, we can forget the blessings that God has given us right now, the ministry that God has called us to right now, and where God wants us to be effective in our career choice right now. Uh, there may be a time, that, like my life, where you might be unemployed or, or find yourself in a tight situation where God can still use you to minister to other people. So this morning we, we need to understand that everything can be for a season, but it also we can find contentment, we can find happiness in that season. Philippians 4, 1 through 13 this morning. If you'll turn there in your Bibles, and if not, it'll be on the screen today. Philippians 4, 1 through 13 says this, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Now listen, he's already saying, you're my friends, you're my joy, you're my happiness, brothers and sisters. He said, verse 2, I plead with you, Odia, and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind of the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, Help these women since they have continued at the side, in, at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, because, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Verse 12 is very important. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now in these 13 verses, I believe there are about 13 different sermons that you could spend time on and really unpack. It's a lot of great verses, and a lot of you I could hear already knew most of these verses from memory. Uh, we're taught these verses. We, we absorb these verses. You know, these are just some great things, but there's a lot here to unpack. So we're going to focus on just a few things today. And there's five things in our life and how we can position ourselves for happiness today. Now, would you agree that it's everybody's desire? We started out the first week saying this. 
Everybody desires, I think, to be happy. I don't think that anybody goes through this life and says, man, I just want to be a miserable person. I just want to have a terrible life. You know, I just want to be the worst person that I can think of. I don't think anybody starts that way, right? But often through situations and circumstances, we find ourselves getting complacent. We find ourselves losing the goodness of the Lord in our life, losing the uh, remembrance of God's faithfulness, losing the remembrance of His power. And so today, the first point today is this. Rejoice in God's goodness. We're talking about positioning our lives for happiness. How do we do that? Point number one, we rejoice in God's goodness. God has been good to us. Would you agree? God has been good to us. God has been good to me. Uh, in you know, it's important to remember those things. In verse 4, he, he says this, and you can quote it, Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. And then he says it again. Again I say, rejoice, rejoice. And, and that's one of those things in Paul's imprisonment that we see time and time again. He gives thanks for his brothers. He gives thanks to the Lord. He gives thanks for their work. He gives thanks for about everything. So even in the season of torture and pain and imprisonment, he gives thanks for a lot of things. He rejoices in the Lord. The Apostle Paul directs us or commands us to rejoice. He's not giving a suggestion here. He's giving a command. He's implying that it's important for us to rejoice in the Lord. Now God's goodness is all around us. Would you agree? It's easy to ignore it though. If we stay in our little uh, bubbles and our little circles, it's easy to ignore some of God's greatest gifts and treasures if we allow ourselves to. But I think one of the most awesome things is going outside on a day like yesterday or even today and spending some time outdoors. Man, it's just beautiful. It's a nice day out. I, I enjoy praising God through creation and rejoicing God through creation. You may hate outdoors because of allergies or something. You may like to, to sit indoors. But whatever it is, find a way that you can rejoice in God's goodness. Uh, you know, we, we a few months ago we talked about reflecting on the Lord's goodness through journaling, making some sort of, of, of book that says God answered this prayer on this date, uh, God was with me in this time. Because when you go back and reflect on it, maybe you're going through a hard time, you can reflect on the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Remember, Paul is in suffering and he's still rejoicing. Paul is in prison and he's still rejoicing. He still has a positive outlook. So no matter in life what we go through, there's some way that Paul kept going because his happiness did not come from himself. His happiness came from God's goodness. So not only do we have to rejoice in God's goodness, but we have to, number two, relax in God's provision. Philippians 4, verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Even in the book of Matthew, it says, Even the birds of the air, where do they get their food? The Lord provides for them. How much more will He provide for you? Daniel's paraphrase there, right? But of all the joy stealers that can plague our lives, none is probably more nagging, more agitating, or prevailing than worry. When we forget the provisions of God and we worry, it literally chokes the life out of us. And why is that? Well, the word worry in the German literally means to choke out life. And it literally means strangle. So allow, rather than allowing worry to rob us of our happiness, we need to worry about nothing, the Bible says, and pray about everything. Because in Philippians 4.19 it says this, And my God will meet all your needs according to His glorious riches 
in Christ Jesus. If we're ever worried about the provisions of God in our life, go to the past. Go to the stories of the Bible where God provided time and time again for people who were in desperate need. I think of the story of, of when he split the sea. What was the desperate need there? Well, they were about to be attacked by an army. God showed up in a desperate time of need. And in another situation, God showed up in a desperate time of need for getting Paul out of prison. Right? And he can show up in your life in a desperate time of need as well. Does anybody know that relaxing is hard to do? Resting is hard to do? The third point today is this. We are to rest in God's peace. Relax in God's peace. Psalm 46.10 says this, Be still and know that I am God, right? It literally means this, Have leisure and know that I am God. That means let go. If I worry less and trust Him more, my life is going to be happy. You know, it's tough to rest in God's peace when there's a family member who might have cancer or a, a, a son or a daughter that's really sick or a financial crisis hits and you don't know where to turn. It's really difficult to trust and rest in God's peace. Your child who you might have invested so much time in decides to just turn away. And you're confused. You're afraid. Then the Holy Spirit reminds you, guess what? God's in charge. You're not. Rest in my peace. No matter what situation you're in, we can rest in God's peace. And I love the way that it says this in the Living Bible in verses 6 to 7. It says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank Him for His answers. Tell God your needs, but listen, don't forget to thank Him for His answers because they're coming. The answers are coming. If you do this, you will experience His peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? To know that we can rest in the peace and the love of God through Christ Jesus. Because it's not in our human understanding to have peace like that. You know, I spoke a couple weeks ago with, with death in the family. You know, that's a really tough situation. But God's peace makes that just a little easier. God's rest, resting in the Lord because He has a plan, is a little bit easier. It doesn't make it completely easy, but it makes it a lot easier to have him and be able to rest in him. Chuck Swindoll says this, Paul writes here of God's peace, which he shall guard your hearts and minds. When he mentions peace as a guard, he uses a military term for marching sentry duty around something valuable and strategic. As we rest our case, we transfer our troubles to God. Corporal peace is appointed the duty of marching as a silent sentry around our minds and emotions, calming us within. So he's saying that God is marching around us, guarding us like a valued jewel. Peace is marching around us. How awesome is that? Because rest is a really hard thing to do in our, even our society. Would you agree? 
If you want to go rest and, and have a retreat that's not at your home, you're going to pay a lot of money, right? You're going to pay your money for a, a cruise ship or, or a hotel, and for me, that probably ain't even relaxing or resting, right? Going somewhere quiet, it's hard to do because we're so busy with cell phones and technology. It's hard to just disconnect. Uh, you know, I was inspired by a story of, of Pastor Paul who went up on a mountain this year and was able to spend some days with no technology or last year. That was pretty incredible. I'm like, well, I never thought about that, you know. In our own life, we need to take time and reflect on the goodness of God and the rest and His peace. And how do we do that? Sometimes it requires us to disconnect. So not only do we have to rest in His provision and His peace, but we also have to revise our thinking. Anyone ever heard of habits? They're bad, aren't they? Sometimes they are. Well, just like we're talking about habits of happiness, there's some habits in your life and in my life that we've developed. And in order to change those habits, we have to revise our thinking. Paul even writes about this in verse 8 where he says this, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about those things. Retrain your mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, By the renewing of your mind. Transformed, right? That's what we're supposed to be doing, is revising our thinking. Because each time we make a deposit in the vault of our mind, we can withdraw from that positive uh, influence. But if we put those negative things in, we won't have very many positive things to withdraw, right? And so in the the same kind of thing, our thoughts shape our lives. Our thoughts shape our living. The way we process life, the way we think about things, we shape our lives. And so we have to retrain our minds. You know, there was a statistic I shared that said 66 days to start and retain a, a good habit in your life if you have an old one you're trying to break it. There might be some other resources out there, but that's, you know, quite a bit of time. You know, if you're struggling with thinking positive thoughts, it might take you a while to get there. If you don't think happy thoughts, it might take you a couple months to make it through that. But the only way uh, to, to shape our lives positively and for happiness is to retrain our mind. I was watching a video last night even of um, a motivational speaker that talked about retraining your mind. And one of the things they said is this. Our minds are actually created to avoid any situation that is dangerous, threatening, or out of the ordinary. Our minds and our bodies are designed to keep us safe. We, we like safe. Safe is good, right? To us, safe is good. And so one of the things we have to focus on is changing that because sometimes we got into life and we went the wrong way for a little while and then God brought us back in. So we have to retrain our thinking. Then lastly today as we close is rein in your desires. Paul says this in verse 11 and 12. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever my circumstances. I know what it is to be in need And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, or whether living in plenty or in want. Now, as we talked before, Paul's had many stages of having plenty. 
He's had many stages, probably more, of having not enough. He's had many stages of physical torture, imprisonment, bondage, and chains. But he writes these words, and he says this, I have learned to be content in every situation. Because no matter what situation he was in, it never altered his priority. It never altered his mission. His mission was to write these letters, to speak to churches, to minister to people, to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, to have souls saved. That was his mission. And he accomplished that mission mission, even in the midst of pain and suffering and imprisonment. So no matter what you're facing in life, don't let it stop you from your mission. Don't let it stop you from your purpose, from what God's plan is. Because contentment isn't based on our circumstances. It's enjoying what you have right now rather than waiting for something else to make you happy. Today I get the privilege of closing with one of the most popular verses in the Bible. And that is the end of our section here in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Notice how all this comes to a point, though. We're talking about happiness. We're discussing these habits. We've been in this series for six weeks. But it all comes to a close when we end with this one verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No matter what situation you or I face in life, it's not our strength that gets us through. It's His strength. Because our strength isn't good. The Bible even says our righteousness is like filthy rags. It's not even in comparison to God. Can we just say that together this morning as we close? That verse 413. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's let's read it one more time. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. There's nothing too hard for Him. Would you stand with me today? Father, as we've been through this series of these habits of happiness, God, talk to our hearts. Speak to our hearts right now, Lord. Show us in our life, Lord, what we need to change, what we need to bring under the Holy Spirit's direction. God, show us in our life places where we may have some negative habits, some negative thoughts, some thoughts that may be hindering us from spreading the good news of Christ to someone. God, some habits and behaviors that may be preventing us from sharing your good news because that's the goal. God, today speak to our lives. Let us listen. But God, not only let us hear from you, let us do something about it. Let us not just be hearers of your word, but God, doers as well. So God, today give us the energy and the boldness to go forward and to remember Philippians 4.13 that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because it's not our own strength, God. We recognize that it's your strength and your power and your might and your wisdom. So, God, today we celebrate these habits of happiness in our lives. God, we focus on the Apostle Paul and what he went through in this situation to remain happy. God, make our lives that way, that we remain happy, we remain content, no matter what situation we're in in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. God, amen. 
For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.